What's up, y'all? This is Nina Perez, and this is Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. What is up? Can you believe that we are still alive, which is always a good thing? Now, you know I go around this freaking awesome planet finding the best humans I can find to come on here to grow, challenge, and transform your thinking. Now, I found this really cool dude, right? He's Canadian. He's cool. He's lax. I'm liking this guy, okay? His name is Ryan Foy. He's a multifaceted entrepreneur. He's a four-time author, a professional speaker who specializes in personal growth and well-being. He owns Foy Consulting, a firm dedicated to elevating people and small organizations. And he has a, the latest book on remote work, <laughs> well-being. Boy, do I need that, Ryan. I think I got to go run and get that right after this. And it's topped the Amazon charts in Canada and gained international recognition. Now, outside of work, he enjoys outdoors activities and quality time with his family. And I'm super stoked that you're here because I can't wait to get into this conversation. How are you doing, Ryan? Good, Nina. Thanks for that awesome introduction. And uh, for everyone listening in, welcome. This is going to be a fun chat. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. I mean, I have I have like so many friends in Canada. I ever since I um the pandemic, like yep. I have been meeting so many people, but most of them are from where you are, like up north, and they are so freaking cool. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I need to move to Canada. I think I like you guys better. Yeah, so absolutely. Come on up. <laughs> so Ryan, here's how I always start the show. You I don't know if you ever listened to any of our episodes, but I always start with the same question, which is who are you? Because it's always interesting to me where people go with this. So who are you, Ryan? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I got to say first, I'm a husband. Uh, awesome. So my wife and I actually just celebrated our five-year anniversary. Oh, your babies. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Um, so super exciting. That's right. Um, we've also, you know, in that in that growth, we've, we've uh, purchased a puppy. So our home has a little bit more love in it now. We have a seven-month old puppy. So I'm a dog dad oh, as well for any dog. What kind owners of dog? What uh, kind of dog? He, yeah. He's a miniature dash hound. So oh he's, my God. Yeah. So cute. Yeah. And his name is Dash, which is great. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny, Nina, how attached you get to them. Like you just, mm -hmm. like my wife and I were talking the other day, we're like, how did we live our lives without an ant, like without a pet? Um, I know. You just fall in love with them, but um, but yeah, so we love we love it here. We recently bought a house and done all the the adult stuff. Um, but life is good, you know. Um, that's kind of you know the main. I guess that's my why, you know, my creating yeah. or supporting my family and and building our marriage and our home here. Um, and then yeah, full time I do work uh, supporting well being in schools and like you mentioned in the intro, uh, run a business as well on the side and write books. So. Uh, I've had a, a very interesting journey and it's, it's changing every day. You know, uh, the bingo card is always a surprise, but, yeah. uh, it's a lot of fun. I, I, I love the ride. So it's great to be here. Is that something that you like always wanted to do or always were into, um, you know, like writing books and all about well-being, or was that something you grew up with stumbled into? Tell me a little bit about that journey. Yeah. So it actually goes back to when I was 12 years old. So, um, <clears throat> At, at that point in my life, I was actually getting a lot of migraines 
And, you know, I was doing a bunch of tests. No one could figure out why am I getting these headaches? And um, I was part of this research study at a local university in Canada. And basically what they said is go and document your day to day. And we're going to see if there's any, any breadcrumbs here uh, for intervention. And so uh, basically I tracked my sleep, my eating, my physical activity over the course of a month. And then uh, documented the days I had severe migraines and, and, and no migraines at all. And turns out at the end of the study, what I found out is that the days that I was active, I ate better and I slept better and yeah. I didn't get any migraines. And so at 12 years old, that's like a foundational revelation, right? To yes. be like, okay, good like time. I need to move, you know, I need to be physically active so that I, I feel good and I can enjoy school and play sports and all that and be healthy. So it really stands back from that. You know, it, it put me on this different trajectory. I picked up running. I wasn't very good, <laughs> but uh, I had fun and I enjoyed it. Um, I spent a lot of time hiking in the woods. I lived in the country. And, uh, and, and really ever since that moment in my life, wellness has been not only something I pursue, but I've been very blessed to make a career out of it. Um, That's awesome. To speak about it, to work with schools on that, to write books about it. Um, it's just been a, a real blessing, I guess, now that I look back, but at the time, obviously just, you know, a monumental shift in my life. So that's kind of what's led me here. Um, and, and kind of led me down the, the path of, of well-being and pursuing that and helping others too. So, you know, it's, that's a really, um, deep thought too, for a 12 year old, right. To, to kind of recognize that. I think it was, it, it also like served you that you were in a, in a trial, because maybe you wouldn't have noticed, you know, but because they were tracking things, it became evident, right? Is that, you think that's true? Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. I, and I'm grateful that like, this was a new type of study as well. So I'm grateful that I even had that opportunity because, yeah. you know, we're so quick to medicate, but sometimes you just have to listen. And, mm -hmm. you know, I had to listen to my body and it, it was, it was telling me something. And even to this day, you know, X amount of years later, if I'm, you know, not active three or four days in a row, I start to get headaches. Mm. Um, so it's kind of funny, right? How, um, how that stuff kind of sticks with you, but yeah. yeah, you just listen and you just roll with it and, and, and make a new life from, from it. So that's kind of, kind of where I've taken it. Yeah. You know, what, what's really cool about that too, right? Is that, um, if you didn't, I'm just like, my brain just goes there with the curiosity thing, but I'm like thinking if you didn't go there and have the study and have that awareness, you probably would have lived with that most of your life, not knowing what's actually triggering it or what makes you feel better. And, you know, I think wellness is such an important thing. It's something I'm learning now as an adult, right? I wish I knew this younger. Um, and I realized like speaking to people like you who are really like in tune and trying to really impact the world in a way to make them healthier and better and think about their choices and what they're doing um, is that it had you had not known that you probably would have just gotten headaches now and just thought they were still just headaches, right? Not realizing that, wait, I haven't worked out in a couple of days. Maybe I haven't been eating that well. Let me shift that a bit, start to feel better. And I think that's what most of us, and uh, you know, I don't know about Canada because I've never really lived there or anything, but in the US, right, we have an obesity problem. We all know this. And uh, we also have a lot of autoimmune conditions and headaches. Like this is a real thing. You know, I know for me, not taking care of myself, working 14 hour shifts, always working day and night and doing all of that stuff and never taking care of me, uh, put me in a position now that I'm dealing with really, um, hard autoimmune conditions. Right. Um, and, but things that doctors don't really talk to you about. Mm -hmm. So I had to go see a natural path and get myself on a natural, you know, natural remedies. And so I'm starting to feel better. 
I say all that to say that what you're doing is not a small thing, right? Because mm -hmm. you're impacting people's lives for real. And I feel generationally, right? So it's like a legacy. Because mm -hmm. once I, you know, taking care of myself, I talk to my grandkids about it. I talk to my kids about, right? So now I'm leaving an impact where I never thought of it before. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're 100% spot on there, Nina. And the other thing too that I've noticed over the years is you just show up better. Yeah. Right? Like you can show up for the people you love better because you, you know, you feel better about where you're at and, and how mm -hmm. you feel personally. Um, you know, it's made me a better husband in a lot of different ways, right? Mm -hmm. And um, the, 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 the other challenge to all this too is time, right? Like we have a, we're, we're a very fast paced society and, you know, to carve out the time that we need to, you know, just maybe take that walk in the woods or to step back for a minute and really think about, you know, okay, well, what did I actually consume today? And, right. oh, how was my sleep last night? And actually to be thinking about these things and in tune yeah. with that is a whole other layer to this, right? Where I think we have to slow that down and actually follow those breadcrumbs and then figure out sometimes for ourselves, okay, well, what works and what doesn't work? And then trust, obviously, the external advice when you can get it. But really be in tune with who you are and, and how you feel and what you need, I think is really, really important. Yeah, it is very important and stuff that because of our way of working, right? Constantly working and thinking about the next dollar or whatever it is we're doing. We, a lot of us don't pause. We don't pause to think of that. We barely pause to think of the family that we have that we should be spending time with. Right. So tell me how you got into wellness though, because, it, okay, I understand mm -hmm. that you got the revelation as a 12 year old and you started to feel better, but where, why, why that journey? Like what took you there? And, you know, um, you know, how did you start this now? Because now you've written books, you do a lot of talking and, you know, speaking, you work with clients. So how did we start this journey? Yeah. So I, I would say, you know, when I was in high school, I grew up in a small town, um, and, you know, very blue collar town, everybody graduated and went and worked at the factory. Mm -hmm. Um, and I always felt that I was a bit different. I always just felt, you know, I don't know if this is for me. I want to spread my wings. I want to, you know, see the world. And so it kind of goes back to there. So blending in, you know, this, this love for physical activity, for this pursuit of not only growing as a person, but just trying to feel good uh, as a student um, really kind of led me uh, down the road of going to a university. So I left in my small town. I went to a university and uh, I did a background in human kinetics with sports medicine mm. uh, and then went on to do education. And I really found that I love the educational component to personal growth, development and well-being. Um, you know, the science is one thing and I appreciate the science for what it is, but I really love the anecdotal side of that, the, mm -hmm. the conversational side of that and, and, the, and the massive opportunity and, uh, and space that's out there to really talk about and, and, and improve and move forward. So uh, I went to university, did that. And then even in university, like I tried a lot of different things. I ran a personal training business at one point. Um, you know, I was doing some guest writing. I used to have a blog called wellness network blog and it was on the Blogspot platform. Oh, I remember uh, that. I had a blog. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It still exists. It wasn't good. I'll tell you that it was not good, but <laughs> I loved it. You know, I was like, Oh, I love writing this blog. Um, so, you know, you kind of had this entrepreneurial mindset, um, really at that stage in my life, but I wasn't really sure exactly where I would land. And, right. you know, it wasn't really until I kind of get into my late twenties, uh, having worked in the wellness in, in educational wellness, um, 
for, for a few years at that point that I really wanted to, to jump into these other identities, to become an author, mm -hmm. uh, to become a consultant, to become a speaker and to really step into that. And I think, you know, for me, it was a confidence thing, but it was also, you know, I felt like I had to just stay in one box for a long time. And then I realized, well, wait a second, you can kind of create the own, your own box, um, your own niche and, and just roll with it and learn as yeah. you go. And, I've been really blessed to have those opportunities along the way to learn. Um, you know, my first book was not perfect, um, but you learn, you grow and you figure it out right. for the next one. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun and who knows where the journey will take me in you know, the next five or 10 years, but uh, I'm sure it'll be exciting. That's for sure. You know, it's funny because um, you're like, wait a minute, I don't have to do this. And you're right. I mean, you did that in high school, right? You get, you got out of high school, you're like, yeah, I don't want to go to the factory. You do it now. I'm like, right? yeah, I don't want to do this. I'm going to do something new. So that's in your nature, it looks like. You know, like you just want to expand and see different things, do different things, impact different ways. And so um, now the um, I know you have FOI Consulting as well. And then uh, you wrote the books. And so I love the the title. I don't know if this is your newest book or the last book. Um, you know, the one about uh, working remotely, like the well-being, right? Um, I wanna I wanna know about that because, you know, I I was a director for eight years, ten years, whatever it was, and um, you know, I I also was the director through that that time in our life when everybody shifted to working from home. Um, except for my team, we were a culinary operation. So we had, you know, we fed over 300,000 people throughout the time we were closed. We gave like 200,000 pounds of food or, you know, it was, it was a lot of work. It was fantastic. I thought because I was out of the house almost every day, five days a week, I was out of the house doing the work. So I never felt the effects that a lot of people did feel. Right. Um, especially people who shifted from working in an office with around people to working from home. Is that what like drove you to write that book? Is is that the season or was this something that was always in you like uh, people who work from home? Tell me about that. Yeah, great question, Nina. Um, and I love that we're at a point where we can talk about the pandemic maybe as past tense. Yeah. Uh, which is great. Yeah, it is fantastic. Um, <laughs> but similar, you know, so I always knew I had another book in me. I'll start there. I knew, you know, at some point I'm going to write another one. Um, but it takes a lot. It's a lot. It, it takes a lot out of a person when you're, when you're kind of managing all the aspects of that. But, um, you know, my work was, I'd always had this, this kind of side work that was remote. The business was remote, but my full-time work was in person. And when the pandemic hit, we did what every other organization in Canada and in the United States and across the world did kind of hit the panic button and you mm -hmm. send as many people home as you can um, and, you know, figure it out from there. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm a pretty optimistic person. I'm a pretty health conscious person. I, you know, I have a good routine. I'm regularly active, eat well, sleep well, things like that. And I was struggling, um, mm -hmm. you know, I was struggling socially. I was struggling emotionally. There was so much coming at us, like just policy changes. And I mean, we all know we don't need to go back yeah. there. Right. It yeah. was very turbulent time. Um, but I remember talking to my wife and thinking, you know, if I'm struggling, there's probably hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people out there that are really struggling yeah. with this transition. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I actually went on to Amazon, I Googled, you know, remote work books that support well-being, And there was none, there was maybe one on the market by uh, Jason Fry, who wrote one called Remote back in, I think, 2015. And even he was trying to get the license from his publisher to give it away for free because everybody was buying it. Um, anyway, long story short is 
I was like, well, there's probably an opportunity here. And, you know, if there's someone to write it, why not me? So right. I, I wrote the book. Um, I actually pulled, you know, I, for any listeners that are familiar with Mark Twain's work, um, I actually went to a cabin. I was in quarantine for 14 days uh, up in Canada and wrote this thing in 14 days in the woods. Wow. So uh, I know Mark Twain was like famous for going to a cabin in Maine with a cat and there's a story there, but right. anyway, so I digress, but um, yeah, so I wrote it in 14 days um, and then went through all the process pieces to get it out um, and then launched it. And it was a, it was a huge success. It, it hit the mark at the right time, but it also hit people when they needed it most, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it really changed the conversation. It was focused on the freelancer, the contractor, the practitioner, not on the employer. Um, and it was more about how do you build individual boundaries? How do you set uh, routines up and how do you still find ways to connect uh, and not just communicate because we still need connection. Yeah. Um, and these are just some of the things I talk about. I can dive into it, but um, yeah, it really just took, took a bit of a spin on how we look at, at remote work and well-being for the long haul, because like many, you know, you, once it kind of gets out of the box, it's hard to bring back in. I think we're seeing yeah. that now with remote yeah. work that it's possible so if it is possible, how do we be well for the rest of our lives in a career yeah. of that? And that's really what the book focuses on. Yeah, that sounds like a part two book you need to write. How do we do this now for the rest of our lives, right? Because right. Um, because that's what that is what's happening, right? And I, I mean, I even had family members who had to work from home. And I remember calling one of them and saying, hey, I haven't seen you in like a couple months. What's going on? You want to go out to dinner? Well, I don't know if I want to go. Well, um, we haven't seen you. Like, what have you been doing? Nothing. Working from home, staying home, doing nothing. Almost to the point that I started being concerned with whether or not that person was agoraphobic, right? They didn't want to go outside and be around humans anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that happened to a lot of people. And that happens to all of us, right? We start to get accustomed to something. You get comfortable in it. And then it starts to now get uncomfortable to go back the other way. That's why I said I think it was very fortunate for me that I had to run a team in the culinary, in the kitchen, because it helped me to not have to do that. I was mm-hmm. around people all the time. And that was super helpful for my well-being, for my mind. Also, because I'm an extrovert. And so being around people energizes me. Um, so that was uh, so when I was speaking to people who were really struggling, I was trying to really understand it. But I didn't have that experience, uh, mm-hmm. which is good. Right. Um, for me, anyway, it was good for me. Um, but this is a real thing. And so now the, the issue and and you hit it is that people are having a hard time going back. Um, and you know, I'm not in the, in the restaurant business anymore, but it was hard to find employees really hard because they don't want to come back and they don't want to work that hard. Right. So what do we do? Like, I mean, you talked about well-being. Yeah. Let's talk about well-being. Like, what 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 do they do? What do we do um, as people who do work from home now? Because that's what I'm doing. Ryan, let me tell you, it's taking me a minute to get used to this. <laughs> okay? I'm already looking at my husband like, I think I got to go get another restaurant job. He goes, are you kidding me? You got 20 things you're doing. I'm like, I know, but I got to get out. Right? So no. tell us about yeah. that. Tell us about what's like the first steps you think needs to happen for somebody to have well-being if they're going to do a remote, remote work. Yeah, you have some great points here, Nina. I feel like we could have a whole conversation just on this. 
Um, cause I'm, I'm fascinated with it. Cause I feel like we're still in the early days of the science experiment. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. we're still trying to figure out, is this a full, you know, is this fully going to work? Um, but I would say, yeah, the first place to start. And I always talk about this is just, you know, I actually read a really good book. Um, uh, it's called green lights by Matthew McConaughey. We all know Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. It's actually a fantastic book. I've um, heard, I haven't picked it up yet. Yeah, there's one. There's one in the book. He has what's called bumper stickers, and these bumper stickers are just thoughts from his journal that are just kind of profound thoughts. And in one of one of the bumper stickers says, "You know, you need structure to create freedom." Mm-hmm. And I think you know, obviously, when we when we we're in the height of the pandemic, it was so structured. Everything was so structured, right? You you got to stand here. You you know, stores are only open here. You can only do curbside here, and you, you know, we 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 went through that. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but when we look at structure, um, it, it really does create freedom for us. Mm -hmm. And so what I mean by that is when we're talking about remote work, you know, a lot of, I've heard a lot of people really struggle with the boundaries. They really struggle with, okay, when do, when am I actually off for the day? When do I actually start my day? Yeah. I think you have to create that structure early and stick to it as often as possible. And so one of the key tips that I, I give everyone is, you know, find that one psychological trigger or cue that will allow you to shut off at the end of the day or start your day. And mm-hmm. for me, it's actually the lamp at my desk. So at the beginning of the day, I always turn the lamp on and I'm game mode. I'm like, okay, now I'm full on boy consulting or, you know, day job or whatever it is. But at the end of the day, I turn the lamp off. And even if I don't need the lamp, it's just the psychological trigger Right. That allows me to to step away and now be full on husband, you know, dog, dad, walk in the park, live in life. So when you create those boundaries, you create those structures, you create those triggers for yourself. um, Great things can happen. You can Mm -hmm. actually protect your well-being a bit more. And I recognize it's not always easy for people to do that. But figuring out what works for you, figuring out your flow, figuring out when you work the best. Mm-hmm. And what what triggers you can kind of lean on to help you start and stop your day will help protect you and allow you to kind of flourish really a little good. bit more in that long term environment. So that's just one. I, I guess if there was a starting point, Nina, it yeah. would probably be there is figure out your structure, stand by it, hold hold steadfast with that and then create those psychological triggers when you can. Yeah, that's really good. Really, really good. Because the first I've only been doing remote work since May when I left my job to come down to a different state, right? And um, I've always, since I was 12, I've worked, I've worked, I've never not worked, right? So um, it's like, it was a real shock to my system, real shock, Um, almost to the point was that, and I'm not a person who ever gets depressed, but I started to feel a little bit like that. And I'm like, whoa, this is not good. Something's up. But I, I started doing what you're talking about. Um, I didn't have the triggers, but what I did do is I set up my times um, throughout the day in Pomodoros, right? So I did like 25 minutes of focused time, you know, went and got a cup of water for two minutes, came back 25 more minutes and did all that. What I did find is that I was so damn productive that I wanted to work all day, all night. <laughs> so I didn't have the, I didn't have the trigger, the boundaries, you know? Uh, so now my my actual trigger is when I hear my husband, like when my husband's home, usually around the same time, he's like clockwork, then I know, oh, okay, it's time for me to like wind down now, my husband's home. Um, but if he didn't come home or if he was away, Ryan, I'm screwed. <laughs> I think the trigger 
right? So I love that. I love that you're giving somebody that that tip though, because I know people who are listening right now, like I said, a lot of them are, are entrepreneurs. So they're working from home. Mm-hmm. And, I, mm-hmm. and I think one of the, the misconceptions is that because you're an entrepreneur that you have to work 52 hours in a day. And there's not even that many hours in a day. Right. So, So, um, are there other things they could do? Like, is there, um, how about, how about nutrition? Right. How about, how about not just mindset, but how about their body, like drinking water or taking that break or, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Do you, do you talk about that or incorporate that? Yeah, absolutely. So a couple things in the book, I have what's called the five step energy amplifier blueprint, which is a series of questions and actions you can take for each part of your day. kind of set you up for success. So that's all in there. Um, And then I have a precursor to that, which is an energy audit. So you can kind of ask yourself these personal questions about where is your energy going to allow you to kind of reclaim some of that. So I do talk a little bit about that. Um, From a nutrition standpoint, you know, I've had this conversation recently on another podcast because, you know, my wife and I have had lots of conversations. It's, It's hard to eat healthy. It's expensive right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, anywhere in North America, you can't get away from it. Um, but you know, one of the things we try to do is control that in terms of what's in our home, right? Cause if, yeah. you know, the extra cookies are in the house, we're going to end up eating them. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they're not in the house, well, you know, we're a one car household and I, you know, I'm not going to run 10 miles down the road to get a cookie. I don't want that bad. Right. Right. <laughs> um, so you can kind of control that a little bit. And I think, um, you know, that's maybe just one one strategy there. I really like your strategy actually about getting up and doing the water thing. You know, for me, it's like every about 50 minutes in or an hour in a day, I get up and do 10 minutes of just, you know, taking the dog out or yeah. going for a quick walk or just doing something mindless around the house to refocus my eyes, but also just just to come down because you're just mm-hmm. so stimulated with emails and notifications and messages and calls and all everything. So Stepping away from that every hour is, is not not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I will say to Nina that that I find really interesting, and you know, in Canada we had some real heavy social restrictions yeah. in the pandemic, and now we're seeing the mental health fallout from that, and it, it's mm-hmm. really sad to see. But one of the things I've been advocating for, and I continue to advocate for, and you know, you know this from your work and connecting with people all over the world is. There's a difference between communicating and connecting. And I think there are ways that we can connect with people, even if it is virtually, you know, if we make this space for it, we make it relaxed, we we set the tone, we make it comfortable. We can still have really strong connections. And, you know, for anybody listening in that is, you know, that freelancer, that contractor entrepreneur working remotely, you know, find your people, whether it's locally, if it's online, um, you know, make space to not just communicate with them, but actually connect with them. Mm-hmm, Set aside mm-hmm. the time, get on screens, talk to each other, you know, have that that real time with them. Um, because, you know, one of the biggest things that came out of the pandemic was remote workers are extremely lonely. Well, it's like, yeah. duh, you know, they're working yeah. remote. But it's like, okay, but what do we do with that? And I think one of the things is we have to remember that we're communicating more than ever as as a society, but there's a difference between the communication, the connection, and, and, and to be very clear when you want to connect with someone and how important that is. So give us what you like uh, a really good example of connecting uh, because, you know, they, people think communication is connecting. So give me a good example. Yeah. A good example is um, 
So I get analytics in my email saying, you know, you've, you've communicated with X amount of people and it's like 80 people, uh, right. 80 people a week I'm communicating with. Um, it's very transactional, right? I need something. They need something. We're sending that transaction, right? Um, this is how our economy works now. Um, but communicate or sorry, connecting is for example, we've instituted a policy at our, at our, at my full-time job where every Monday, we spend the first 45 minutes of our meeting just chatting, catching up. There's no That's agenda. Good. That's good. It's, you know, we're talking about our weekends. We're sharing pictures. One of our staff just got back from Greece and we had like a slideshow of Greece and we're asking questions. We're pulling up the map. Oh, where are we at in Greece? And so I know what's going on in my colleague's life. I'm part of like, you know, I'm seeing it, but I'm also like hearing it firsthand from them and listening mm -hmm. to the food and the restaurants they went to and, and it's not rushed. It's just time. And it, in a time where we're, we're constantly focused on productivity, I really, really love those Monday morning meetings where you're actually just taking that time to know your colleagues, to know what, you know, what are they, what are they having for tea on the weekends? You know, what kind of plants are they planting in their garden? Um, you get to know them so much more and they get to know you and you actually leave those meetings feeling full because you're like, well, I could transact this over the email, but I actually feel like I know yeah. who I'm connecting with. And so that's kind of a, a that's way a that we've idea. done that's it. A good example. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's something that, you know, for those of you who are listening, who are CEOs and are, you know, team leaders and stuff, that's a fantastic way for you to connect with your team. Because I think that we go in is, is always with business on the mind. We got to get business done, right? It's Monday, the weekend's done. We got to get business done. But how much better would your team produce? Like how much better would they produce if you just tapped into their lives, right? And I did that with my team. I implemented every day a 15-minute coffee break. And what we would do is we would go in the back and, you know, make croissants or whatever we had to make because we were in the kitchen. And then we would all sit as a team like, hey, what's up? What was your weekend? Like, oh, my God, your, your son did that. That is hilarious. Like that kind of stuff. Right. And being though I was the director of the whole thing, I felt like one of them and they felt like I was their friend. And that was just a really special moment. You know, so I'm glad that you guys do that. That that helps a lot, too, with mental health. Mental health is a big problem right now. And um, connection is what they're missing. All of us. I don't think we're we're ever, I think the only time we're alone is when we're born. Right. And we're just coming out of the womb or in the womb. Um, but we really do want connection. We really, really do. Um, so I, I think that the work you're doing is fantastic. Um, I can't wait. I'm going to have to pick up this book because I need some sanity and boundaries in my life. Um, but I'm really glad you're doing this. So if somebody wants to work with you, um, do you work with people like on one on one or what does that look like? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, definitely organizations looking for uh, support. Happy to have right. a conversation on what that can look like um, individually. Yes. So I do some some online coaching. Okay. Um, mostly my coaching is for folks that are looking to write their first book, um, or even their second oh, book good. and they're looking to kind of do it a little more uh, efficiently and get it to market, you know, with more success. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I'm always open to talking about my books, sharing that. Um, I do a lot of writing on medium as well. So you can check that out on medium. Uh, you know, I talk about, uh, strategies for what I call upliving. Uh, mm -hmm. which is another kind of verb I took from McConaughey's book, but, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I just, I just love, um, love connecting with the, with the online community whenever, whenever possible. So folks can reach out anytime and, 
and uh, yeah, just have a conversation about how I can help. Is there a, a specific genre that you like to work with when it comes to the books, like personal development or what do you like to work with? Yeah, good question. So I mostly work with um, non-fiction authors. Okay. So I don't really touch fiction. So if you're looking to write a non-fiction book, anything from I've had authors in the well wellness space, I've had authors in the faith and spirituality space, uh, introversion, personal development, personal growth. Awesome. Um, I have done a little bit of children's books, but not not, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't advertise that as much, but, um, right. but I can, if, if folks are interested in that too. Autobiographies. So, autobiographies. Yes. Yeah. Great. I can do those. Great. Um, I've done one on geomatic systems so I can help oh, coach interesting. folks through that. Yeah. So, um, really what, you know, if the author's fired up and excited, that's the main thing, right? Like if you're yeah. excited about the topic, um, you know, and I, I kind of compare myself to a realtor in the book space where, you can buy and sell a home without a realtor, but you know, it can be painful. I'm glad we had a realtor for our home and I kind of do that, serve that role for, for writers. And that you know, I try to get them the best possible space on the market. That's super saturated. Yeah. Um, and kind of lead them there with efficiency and, and, and with as little cost as possible. So that's kind of what I do there to help, help authors get their, get their work that's out fantastic. and share it with the world. That's really, really great. And you do, I'm, I know that you probably do most of everything online, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. everything's online. Uh, so I just had a fella in New York, actually, I was just working with. So from one island up here in Canada to another island in Long Island, uh, it was great. Great to work with that person. So. <laughs> That's awesome. So before I wrap up and let you go, I do want to know, for those who are listening, because I know that a lot of people I speak to, I wrote my autobiography as well. And, but no, I'm not teaching anybody, nor am I putting it out there because I don't want to do it. No, no, I will do it again for myself, but it is work. It is work and there's a lot to learn. Um, so for those who want to work with you, whether it's a, uh, just a hop on a call with you to see if you're a good coach for them or learn about, you know, maybe a strategy that they have for a book that's in them. How do they get in contact with you? Where can they follow you? Stuff like that. Yeah, so you can definitely uh, go to foyconsulting.org. That's my website. So it's just my last name, spelled F-A-H-E-Y, consulting at, uh, or sorry, yeah, foyconsulting.org. Um, my email is also on there. There's a little widget. People can connect with me. Um, yeah, happy to continue the conversations to connect on any ways I can add value and support. Um, and, yeah, stay tuned. I got a new book coming out which I'm so excited about as well. It's, it's a bit more of a broad topic, but super timely, Nina. So maybe I'll have to come back next year you and sure we'll do. have to, you know, <laughs> uh, digest that one together. It's, it should be good. So yeah, good. Um, is it worth mentioning now or is it not coming out for some time? Yeah, no, I can mention it for sure. Um, mention it. <laughs> yeah. So the book is called listen, uh, how to be you in a world oh. where you can be anything. Um, so oh, super fascinating, right? Like, be big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I talk a lot about, you know, where we should take advice from and where we shouldn't take advice from. Love it. Um, I talk a lot about, you know, the economics and where we're going and the opportunities like this, like, you know, here we are connecting in the podcast space. It, this is booming. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, how do you, how do you know if that's what you want to do? Right. Yeah. And yeah. I talk a lot about that and, and just strategies for figuring that out in a world where literally you can do anything. Um, right. And so, you know, what, how, how do you make space to pause and really think that through and, 
you know, uh, make sure it's aligned with who you are as a person and what you value. And so I, I'm really excited for it to get to market. Um, by the time this episode goes live, it'll be up on Amazon. So you can check it up there. Are you locking yourself up in a cabin somewhere again? No, actually just right behind me here for anybody that's watching the video. Um, this is my little writing space. So, uh, oh, it's been, good. It's, yeah, it's been about a year of writing it. Um, and yeah, it's all, it's all coming together, but, um, you know, it's funny. I, I felt like after my last one, I wouldn't write anymore, Nina, but then it's like, Oh, then this idea hits you and then you got to write. And I think write. after this one, I told my wife, this is just my next book. I probably yeah. will write another book. So my wife yeah. is prepared that, you know, this, there's probably another one in me at some point. So <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much, Ryan, for coming on and having this conversation with me and, you know, really pouring into people in the way that you do and just having them realize that, you know, they're, you, the, the remote space, especially, um, you know, people who are working from home, you're not alone. You're not alone. I know it feels that way, but every, but you'd be surprised. Uh, everybody who feels that way and they're all not alone. Right. So um, if you are listening to Ryan and you are like, you know what? I like this guy. I like his vibe. I like what he's saying. You guys know how to contact him. And I really wanted to thank you for being here, Ryan. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank yeah. You. Thank you, Nina. And for everyone who was listening in, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for tuning in and sharing part of your day with us. And we'll uh, hopefully be chatting again soon. Yes, I hope so. So guys, you know how I do. You know that I put all the notes in the bottom for you so that you can reach out to him. Make sure that you you like, share, subscribe, all that great stuff. And if you know somebody that has a book in them, a nonfiction book, you know, give them Ryan's information because he can help them with that structure that and do all that work that has to get done with that. You know, but most of us have something in us that really the world needs and only you carry uh, because it's your experiences, your work, your, you know, your ideas. It's, it's you. And a lot of times what you are going to bring to the world, maybe somebody else has bought it up, but not like you, because you are the only you. So thank you guys for being here. You know, I love you to pieces. Make sure that you follow because it's super important. So I'm going to put his information below. If you have any questions or anything, you know where to reach me. This is Nina Perez, straight talk, no sugar added. Until next time.